Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hi, angels. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Freud's Angels podcast. I got all like Wednesday. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, what day is it? Who knows with us? Who knows? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I will say though, I'm really glad to have this rhythm of Sundays back. Yes. You know, I know stuff happens and life happens, but it's just, I don't know. I just super grateful because I, I really feel it's a grounding time. It's a, it's a kind of a reset moment for me at least. And to set me off into the next week, feeling like better yeah. we process some shit. <laughs> you know? Yes. So a hundred percent. It it definitely makes me realize how much, how important this is just for me personally, as well as on a collective. So happy yeah. to be back. Yeah. We are on episode 108. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing. So it what is. are we going to talk about, Vanessa? We are going to gather some inspiration from our new old friend, <laughs> those of you who who, I think we've only mentioned it in one other podcast but um you know those of you who don't know we we've been on a back and forth with Gary V loving him and then he kind of got in the space that we were not loving him and and we're back (laughs) we're back on the on the love train with him because he's on the love train so if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is just go look him up Gary V on all of his VEE on all of his socials. And, you know, you'll see he's a, he's a businessman, but he's come back around to be like, you know, a human businessman. He's a great, he's, I think he's like, do you ever find that sometimes entrepreneurs or corporate business people that are really on the path and highly intuitive? And he was, even when he was in that grind kind of hustle mode, Mm -hmm. it was, it worked for him. And I think that he, you know, in some ways it probably worked for everybody else too, but it was, it, he, I think it's like all of a sudden, whether it was, you know, having a child or, you know, you know, just age or experience, I feel that he's just gotten to this stage where he's, there's something more that while the information he gave was always great. There is something mm-hmm. more that he he's evolved as a human. And I think his content has evolved as a human. Um, and I am so back in, you know, camp Gary V and has <laughs> for a while, I was like, no friends, no friends. <laughs> this isn't in alignment with my heart. And it's not mm-hmm. to say that it wasn't good advice, but it wasn't in alignment with what I felt needed to happen in that moment so yeah and I want to be honest it did feel off for him like I felt like he betrayed like himself you know like because the thing that I loved about his realness before was his realness you know and and that he would describe kind of like struggle and overcoming 
but it wasn't like in a toxic way. And I loved that. He was just real. He would sit and tell real stories and he would talk about good things and bad things. And he'd talk about when he was like a punk ass kid who didn't know what he was going to do with his life. And, you know, his dreams of, you know, his dream of buying the New York Jets for whatever ungodly reason, like, you know, all of those (laughs) things, right? Like, you know, but then he switched over. And the, the weirdest part about that time period was that during that time period where I was, like, I can't listen to him right now. A friend of mine got a job with him, like got a job with him by yelling from the crowd that he wanted to work for him. And he literally pointed at him and said, do you want to work? Do you want to move to New York? And he, he said, yes. And he worked there for, I think, two years and really? he loved it. I mean, yeah. And he said, like, he was like, he's the real deal. He does care. Like, he literally cares about us. He knows me by name, even though, like, who am I in this organization? You know, and I just remember being like, then why is he saying, you know, like I was just, it was such a conflict for me because of just seeing the the difference in what content I was seeing from him and what I was hearing about him from behind the scenes and just like having to be like whatever space of his life he's in, that he feels like that is what he needs to portray. I'm just going to let it go. Just let it go. And it did come back around. Um, But yeah, look him up. He's got some really amazing stuff to say. One of the reels of mine that has the most views and interactions is a remix of his reel about his first speaking engagement um just because it's brilliant and i felt like one night i was like i need to recycle this it was somewhere in his 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 timeline and i was like i need to recycle this because it's very much about worth and like it's great anyway we we digress so the great Gary Vee (laughs) has inspired us once again (laughs) and this is Grace, you shared this yesterday in your stories. And I was like, first of all, you know, how did I miss this? But second of all, like, I mean, I just kind of like had my hand to my heart. It's the concept of kindness and being taken advantage of and giving and, you know, just kind of that, that, that area of our lives that uh, can really morph into some negative stuff if we're not having our, um, our hearts and souls aligned with our actions. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just think it's a brilliant topic. I, it is too. And it's funny because when I posted it, I felt like I should have, like I wanted to do some stories afterwards that held the asterisks to it because I, this is what I love about Gary Vee. Gary Vee will make statements like that and it's up to you to... <laughs> have understanding around it yeah i don't think the people do the people that feel that if they're kind they're being taken advantage of they can't they can't see it they don't they're going to be like shut up gary everybody takes advantage (laughs) of me i'm always the nice guy i'm always the one who's giving everything and giving and giving and he even speaks to that in the real about well yeah but you need to check your agenda of what why you're giving and and you know so I thought it would be a great way. This podcast would be a great asterisk to that, that reel because it's going to explain why people feel taken advantage of. It's going to explain the responsibility of the person who's giving and, and, and how to monitor that. And also in a, you know, a couple different ways, you know, why, why what he said was so truth. It was so truthful and that he, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, remember, friends, those of us who who have listened for this, you know, you're talking to a couple of reformed people pleasers 
who are overgivers. And so it's not that we think we're saying this to you. We're saying this from experience. And chances are by the end of the podcast, <laughs> one of us is going to have an epiphany about our giving and what that means and where we're and where we're going to go. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be like, okay, we're, we, we always take a dose of our own medicine as I, as we always do. Cause that's, that's, that's the whole point of this is, right. you know, yeah. is to share and to give understanding where we've done the work we've done, you know, but there's always, again, work to be done. Yeah. I was slapping away. <laughs> I was slapping away one at the beginning when we first were talking about like the scope of this, I was like, and I'm sure. And then I was like, don't even do it. Cause you're going to sabotage your whole self. <laughs> like when it comes to this, you're going to don't even do it because I know, you know, I, I a hundred percent know that, that there is work to be done in this area for everybody. We all, you know, because we all have programming, right? Like, and, and a lot of our programming around giving and receiving is, 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 is kind of weird when you think of it in terms of like a, a soul and heart perspective versus whatever we've done with it <laughs> in our 3d. So yeah, I, well, there's definitely a lot to be done here, but I, I loved what I loved about what he had presented was, um, you know, he, he hit on that, like you said, of like the nice guys finished last and, and somebody, I believe it started with somebody saying like, aren't you afraid somebody's going to take advantage of you or like uh, something about people taking advantage of you and his response being like, well, nobody can do that, you know? And it was like, well, you know, I mean, he, he's a guy that you would think people are trying to take advantage of on a regular basis. Right. Because he's got, you know, money, he's got clout. He's, you know, he, he there's, there's reasons why people would take advantage of him. But when he puts into perspective what his giving style is and what his intentions are and his thoughtfulness and the things that he's doing and how thoughtless a lot of us are when we're giving because we're operating from programming. It was like, oh my, <laughs> this is, this is a something to talk about. Well, and you know, and it's funny because this is one of the hardest lessons I think I had to learn um, was kindness and about giving. And because, uh, yes, because I, I, you know, I, a lot of my life was about fairness and the way I understood about the way I learned how relationships were serving or not serving was through the dynamic of whether it was give and take. And this is, and, and what I realized and, and, later on, I needed that, I needed that focus, that lens of where were the scales balanced, because it helps make made me understand where I was allowing bad behavior, where I was allowing codependency, because this is codependency. If you're, somebody's taking advantage of you or, you know, and you feel the scales are not balanced, then that's, that's a codependent relationship, you know? And so for me to, uh, to discover my codependency and to discover where I was overgiving and not receiving, I had to look through that lens of tit for tat. And I don't mean that what I did, they had to give in return, but I mean the mutual supportive friendships. I talk about that a lot in the beginning of our podcast seasons. And, you know, and I had to use that lens because I, I wasn't able to understand that I, I made the choice to give, therefore it's not, it's not their fault. 
it's not up to them. But I have a feeling had I done that in the beginning, I wouldn't understand bad behavior or I wouldn't understand it through the lens of compassion and understanding in a way that was easy for me to accept and digest. Because if you tell me right off the bat, well, honey, it's your fault. You keep giving. I'd have been like, fuck you. And, you know, I'd have just been like completely like, you're wrong. I'm right. These people don't love me and they don't care for me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I would have kept down that path. <laughs> but, but it was, it was the idea of that, that inequality in friendships. Now, that's the fine line, isn't it, Vanessa? Is, is there's a fine line between giving without expectation and because you're kind and being kind to the person in whatever way and giving of your time, your money, resources, whatever you're giving. It doesn't have to be money. Um, but, you know, there's there's a point where you have to gauge whether the relationship is mutually like supportive. And it's not that you're giving to that person with the idea of mutual support, but there is a sense of like, okay, of knowing when that person is mutually supportive and when they're not. And when you realize, okay, I need to not give so much to this person. And mm-hmm. and where that's not a bad thing, meaning you're taking your toys out of the sandbox and you're going away because you somebody made you mad. It's, it's a sense of self-regulation of you're putting a lot of energy into something that is, that, that doesn't serve, or, you know, it's okay to give kindness. Like my current situation, I have a friend who I know doesn't have the bandwidth to create a mutually loving, warm, open relationship. However, I know when I give that that's it, I'm doing it out of kindness. I'm doing it as a choice, but it's a really fine line to walk. I think. It is because even when you were saying it isn't their fault, it's like, well, sometimes you think it is. <laughs> and sometimes we give because we feel like we're supposed to and already there. We're not in the, we're not in the giving energy. We're not in the kindness energy. We're in the energy of, of something that comes from obligation or, or whatever. Like I know, I, I mean, how many of us were raised to believe if you have it, you should give it. Right. Like I've caught myself saying that to my, to my daughter, well, we have extra, we should give it. And, and it's like, okay, I need to like make the emphasis on the extra. Like, I really need her to know that it is like, you don't just have to, you choose to, when you can, when you feel like it's something that doesn't matter what, what happens to it, right? Like, it's just, it's literally just a giving. And then the, the energy exchange that you receive is your joy of, of giving. And then your, your clean slate, even, and that, that's really difficult because a lot of times we do feel like we have to do things for people. We feel like we have to do things for family. We feel like if we're friends with somebody, we have to listen to them week after week. Like I, like you listening to me, <laughs> like, right. And we have to understand giving and receiving to know not to do that when we're giving, right? Like to know not to to say like, well, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. We have to evaluate and know our friendships. So like, for instance, with that, for the last, what, two, three weeks, we've been showing up in this space and I'm losing my mind, right? Like I'm like, like exploding. And at no point do I feel like there's an uneven exchange of our like friendship because 
you've been there. I've been there where, you know, it's, it's, it's just this idea of when we give bandwidth, we give bandwidth and we trust each other to know that when we don't have it, we're going to say it, or we're going to, we're going to show up in that space. But friends, seriously, when she says that this is a training program, it is a training program. It is not always something that comes naturally, especially in friendships. We really are not taught how to have good boundaries in friendships. We are not really taught how, how giving from a full cup is the, is the true giving that we should be doing because when we're emptying out, we, we create a need. And when we create a need, we want it to be filled. And there, that's expectations going to come in there. Um, you'll, you'll pull, you'll, you'll give until you got nothing and then be really mad that nobody wants to give back to you, but you've at no point allowed for it. That's my problem. Right? <laughs> like that was what I had to do. When you talk about evaluating those friendships, man, I have been through it in the last three years. There's two or three people that I just had to stop talking to and it felt so bad because it was like I was their you know their confidant and I was their ride or die or whatever you know words there were they were depleting my energy it was like every day with their with their drama and not that I had any because I didn't (laughs) but it still was like man I'm just given a lot a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and I can't do it. And if I put up a boundary and this person can't understand that I'm not going to, that some days I'm not going to text back for a couple days with your, because it's not an emergency to me. Well, we're going to be put in a place. And that again, for a long time, I felt like, well, that's what good friends do. Yeah. And you're a counselor. You understand people. You should, if you have time give to people. Well, guess what that did? It burned me out because I was giving to everybody. Everybody's sending me messages in their inbox. Everybody's sending me text messages and I'm supposed to answer them and I'm supposed to support them and I'm supposed to be on those places. Nope. But that's up to me. It's not their fault. And that is where it like comes in because it makes you feel that way. Like, well, if they came to me, then they asked me for it. They, it is their fault because they need it from me. And it's like, oh, that's, that's not right. <laughs> like I had to have that talk to myself, like, well, no, that's not really what happened. <laughs> it's funny you say that because like, I was thinking the other day, like last year, I mean, this year, y'all know I let go of a 20 plus year old friendship, like a very old, deep rooted friendship that I really thought that I could pull out of the codependency moment. But I was, it was funny because I was thinking in the, you know, when I, when I had a conversation with that person saying, you know, I, I need to, you know, kind of pull back on the advice giving and, and like, I'm here to support, I'm here to listen, but you know, that's, that's for your therapist to help you with. And because I was, I was playing therapist for a great many years, yeah. even though I, there was an extreme lack of respect in that manner of the information that was being given. And it took a licensed therapist for that person to hear the same thing I had to say for very many years and for them to finally get it. And, and Mm -hmm. also I realized too, it was like, of course they don't want you to stop giving advice. That was free shit. Uh huh. I'm like, of course they're like, no, no, no. I, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think that you need to stop. Well, I'm like, and I'm like, it has nothing to do with how good you are. It has everything to do with it because you're their dumping ground. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was like, great. fuck. <laughs> and, and so it was just, it just made me realize that it really affirmed my decision because that relationship was never going to be changed. It was never going to be, and I'm not even talking about equitable. I'm talking about like, it was never going to be not a like therapist client or coach client type of relationship, even though it was, oh, you know, you're my greatest friend. Yeah, I'm your greatest friend until I pull back on the shit that you want from me. Yeah. And that's not so so much your greatest friend anymore. Oh Lord. Yeah. So it was just like, ah, uh, uh. and and you know, and and having that and then having that response from her really and I was just thinking about it the other day, made me think, oh my God, yeah, of course. Of course that was her response because she doesn't want you to stop giving her what, what you've been giving her freely for, I don't know, 20 years. But Right. And then it comes back on us to be like, I did, but I did it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that, was, not having just, that responsibility is the painful part. Like, yes. oh. like because I was like, <laughs> because I had no boundaries. Right. I was all giving because I had no fucking boundaries. I they were non-existent. Right. And I was right. not self-regulating. And even when we think about the, the subconscious, right? So and this is this is where I like where I had to do the most work was that because I do love giving. And I had this conversation with with a client the other day about, you know, like, you know, because she's just kind of like, I want to just not, I don't want to do anything for anybody. I'm gonna stop giving. I'm gonna be that person that you have to like you know, beg for stuff basically, because people just like take from me and take from me and take from me. And I'm like, you know, I get it. Right. Like I love to help people. I really do. It is not something that is ever going to leave me. And yes, do I need to strengthen my boundaries? Absolutely. But I need to know myself. And I also need to know the subconscious processes that are going on in the back of my mind. I will give because I like giving. I do. I feel it makes me feel good to help people when they are in need. There is a certain point that I have had to learn to recognize of when that is too much for me, right? Because there are times, there are people that it doesn't matter. My sister can call me all the time. She's my sister and we have a good relationship. It is always feels equitable. She can call me all the time and we can have, you know, discussions, but then there are other people that only call me when they need something. And then that's it. And I have to know my boundary of when am I going, when do I feel like I don't want to do this anymore? Right. And that, and it's okay that I just don't want to do it. I wait for there to be a reason (laughs) like I burned out um, or they, this happened to me recently. They get upset when I say no. And then I get mad because I'm like, all that time I did that for you. How dare you come at me for saying no? And then it's like a way to to like strengthen the no, right? When really that whole time or not that whole time, but at some point I wasn't recognizing when I was overgiving. I wasn't recognizing and being able to voice to say, you know what? A couple times is help. Right now you're depending on me and I don't want to be dependent on because I have got enough of my own shit to deal with right now. (laughs) But I waited, I waited until there was a conflict for me to be like, nice. Now I have a reason. And it was like, Oh no. Oh, I fall into that. so Yes. (laughs) It was like, my marriage was over long before I left. 
And it took, I waited for the reason to leave, like (laughs) infidelity. Like I waited for that. Like I needed a reason to leave, not just because I wasn't happy. Like, what the fuck? Why do we need crisis in order to make a change? Why? It's like, we're enough. We we can give uh-huh. anytime we want to say no or say this is a new boundary. We're we're allowed to make those boundaries. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? But it's like a foreign freaking concept sometimes for us. Right? I mean, and there is there is some of it being that there's lots of positive reinforcement for being a giver. There's lots yep. of positive reinforcement for being selfless right? Like we love to use that word and selfless is a terrible word. (laughs) We should not be selfless because once we abandon ourselves, we're screwed. (laughs) No one else is going to step up and say, Hey, are you okay? Are you eating? Well, do you take regular snaps? Are are you taking your meds? How about your supplements? There's no one coming to say that. (laughs) Right. Every single day, unless you're paying them, right. There's an exchange there that has to be done. Yeah. And that's like, you know, it's, it's hard to break from that because, because then right. The, the opposite of the positive reinforcement is the negative reinforcement (laughs) of when you, when you say no, and you get somebody who does who who is very skilled at guilt trips yeah. and they will hit every single one of those buttons to let you know that you're being selfish selfish that you um have you've always done it before why is it a big problem now oh it's just one more time you know you know how hard my life is you know all of that kind of stuff and 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 we've got to be coming up against that right? Because we've trained them to believe that those things work because they do. And yep. it, it sucks. Like it really sucks. Like this, the, the people pleasing recovery has, has by far been one of the most painful, <laughs> like of my journeys, because it hits, it, it does go a lot of times against my heart and soul of a giver to say no. But it also is like, hey man, not everybody, not everybody that comes for what you've got has great health and intentions and so that's what boundaries are for let's let's i want to rewind a minute and i want to reiterate something you said earlier gosh now it's gone from my brain Uh, okay about giving from an empty cup create or a cup that's not full creates a need and that's what creates the expectation of someone fulfilling that need for you. And that's where disappointment comes from. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Was, did, yeah. That was absolutely. my own version of that. But <laughs> no, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I was like, did I say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> I And the reason why I want to revisit that statement, because I want it to be very clear to people about what you said without the conversation, because here's the thing. How many people do you know have full cups? Nearly nobody. Or the people that I do know have full cups are, they're, they're very, they're, they're not therapists, but they're um, people who have had their cups be empty a lot. Um, they're they're actively <laughs> trying to fulfill their cups, you know, fill their cups. But we don't understand is, and I think as humans, we don't understand that 
we're taught as children to pe- to please our parents. That is the MO of children. Make your dad happy. You know, that was the kind of the thing. The, the family dynamics traditionally, now this is not the case anymore because of the way parenting is and how things have shifted. But the mom was like the unconditional love. I don't care who you are, what you are, what you've done. I will always love you. Your dad was the conditional love. Like, you better do good in school and and do your chores and the kind of the enforcer of the situation. Now that dynamic is so gray right now. And and it's morphed into something that's not the same because you get single parents who have to do both. You get uh, parents who maybe the roles are reversed. Maybe dad is super nurturing and loving and mom is more the get your schoolwork done, get your whatever, you know. And, you know, if you think about that, you've been taught day one that your job is to please someone of authority or to please Mm -hmm. someone to gain their acceptance and to gain their love. Now, especially with people with single parents, I find that the unconditional love gets a little lost because they're so stuck on having to have the conditions, teaching the child wrong and right, teaching the child how to, you know, get their stuff done to be a self-actual, whatever that their excuse is, you know, so, so the unconditional love gets lost in it. And there isn't this sense of, because you exist, I love you. And I think that's what shifted the tide to a lot of this codependent people pleasing type of thing was because we had to, you know, make mom happy, make dad happy, make whomever happy. And then it went and and then it, we, it got pushed on us into school, like get good grades, behave in class, follow the rules, et cetera, et cetera. Then you shifted into corporate. If you don't go to college, you know, you, or if you do go to college, same thing there. And then you go to corporate America, make the boss happy, make whatever to work really hard, overwork, no boundaries anywhere about yourself. Because in some ways, unconditional love builds that confidence in a human of I'm loved because I exist. And Mm -hmm. that's what helps buffer that sense of needing to please for love, Mm -hmm. needing to please for acceptance and needing to please for inclusion or whatever there's there i I really feel that that part that's you know if you think about it energetically kind of spiritually that's where it's that's where it's the shift is wrong like something is becoming over you know something is out of whack in a sense and Mm -hmm. that the part of the the needing to prove and needing having no boundaries is created because when you know you're loved you have boundaries because when you feel, when you know you're loved and you know you're worthy of it, you don't settle for things. You have boundaries of what you need and want, and you're very clear about them because you learn as a child that I don't need to do something for you to love me. I need to do it because I'm. that's what a good person does. Mm-hmm. There isn't a sense of doing this because for your love, it's a doing this because this is what a good human does. It's the morals type of the values. That's how values are taught. But because all of that is so skewed with single parents, um, broken homes, non-parents, like parents that are working that are never home, you know, it's not, I'm not blaming or shaming anybody. Sometimes it just happens, but yeah, you know, 
that's, that's how the shift happens. And so, you know, when we talk about, I, I think one of the biggest things is when we talk about, everybody talks about self-love. Okay. First of all, most people can't just reach self-acceptance. Self-love is so unattainable to people. They feel it's unattainable. It's not, but they feel it is. It's challenging. So when we talk about self-acceptance, that's why the, this generation and even prior when, when this whole, if people want to call it new age spirituality, that's why we move towards that space of self-acceptance and self-love, because that's what happens when you begin to understand your worthiness of, because you exist on earth, you're worth this. You begin to understand where the things are that you feel taken advantage of. You feel that there's imbalances. You feel that there's there because you begin to see how you not set boundaries that you're willing to do just about anything to receive their love and to take care of. And because sometimes I I admit it, sometimes I'm a giving, like I'm an addict in giving because of the rush, the dopamine rush it gives me. Like when I'm in flow and I'm on it, like I, you know, last weekend, Vanessa, even after we got done our major intense, like download, you know, talking to someone else. And then I had another conversation with someone else the next day. And so it was like through two days of intense giving, but it was like, okay, now I know what it's like to be in flow, but then I'm like, okay, what are you giving to you to balance that out? How am I and being you giving to you? Right. How am right. I like, and that's, yeah. And that's where the cup filling thing comes from that. I don't think you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it feels like we talk about it a lot. It's one of those concepts that we talk about. Don't give, don't pour from, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like people don't know what filling their cup looks like. <laughs> like they don't even know what say, a cup looks like. Yeah. Right. Like when you say like, how many people do you know that have a full cup? It's like, we haven't really taught, we haven't really been taught what a full cup means. Right. Like some people will think of it as meaning financial independence, right? Like in their mind, that's what a full cup. Well, so I can't, I can only help when I have money whoa yeah. right like that's the only full cup you are allowed to give from like yeah. okay how are you like how, how depleted do you feel then so what what other things are, are are part of that cup like what are the what does having a full cup mean and when you're talking about flow it's kind of like you know it doesn't mean that you give and take right because that's what people will think of if you think logically about pouring your coffee out and pouring more coffee in you got to refill it with coffee right <laughs> it's like it's definitely like a tit for tat but when we talk about it energetically and emotionally and, and that kind of stuff it's like how i feel about my work i sit with people for hours a day and i take a lot of their heavy stuff and what my my reward on some days is like big, right? Like we'll have epiphanies and epiphanies and whatever. And I'm getting that dopamine rush and I'm like, I'm helping, you know? And then on other days, it's like, oh no. Like, you know, like, <laughs> we, like oh gosh. Like, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll be a little shell shocked and be like, wow, you know, but I gave a lot because of how heavy it was. I gave a lot of my energy to it. I gave a lot of my emotion to it. That tells me, then I need to fill my cup again, because the next day I got to go do this again. <laughs> right. And filling my cup doesn't mean going and dumping on another person. That would be a tit for tat, right? Because they dumped on me, I go dump on somebody else. That's not what works for me. I do the energetic cleansing. I do, you know, certain things that make me happy. 
Um, I, you know, make sure I get enough sleep, you know, like there's all these different ways that make my cup feel full Mm -hmm. and it's not one thing, it's a bunch of things. And so that, you know, right now, when we talk about that example of like some of my overgiving starting to come in and me finally, thankfully being able to, you know, I did, I did, I put a boundary that was too flexible ahead of time, you know, I was like, well, you know, I mean, I don't really have a lot of time for this. And then I did it anyway. So, I mean, it was step one, right? Like having a boundary, yeah. good for me. Good but for then you. I realized how inflex- like how flexible it was, but being able to be like, not feeling guilty about it was to me a huge win to be able to say, oh no, you've got real stuff that you're working on right now. And you can just say no, like, you don't have to explain and you don't have to be responsible for somebody else's life. That's difficult because you've got your own life that you're living just fine. And you need that. You need your energy for that right now. You're about to empty your cup and your your cup is barely (laughs) like we're not, we're probably not even full yet if we're being honest. So don't pour, don't pour. And that's, what's been going in my head. Don't pour, don't pour unless today you feel like you can say no. And I've been saying no. And I'm retraining these people to understand that. And it is not easy. It isn't. There's been arguments. There's been ugly times. There's been times where I've had to hold that boundary and wanted to be like, forget it. I'll just do it because I don't want to fight. Right. Yep. The Libra. Oh, God. (laughs) And having to do that and say no, because if I'm going to give right now, If I say yes right now, I'm not giving for the sake of giving. I'm not being kind. I'm not doing the thing that Gary Vee's talking about. (laughs) I am giving from obligation. I'm going to have resentment. Yeah, 100%. So Vanessa, while you were saying that in my head, I heard all of the single moms say, well, when am I ever going to have a full fucking cup to give to my children? I can't stop giving. That's what I heard in my head. How would you respond to that? Like what, what, how, how do we help with that? Like with understanding, I mean, you yourself are a single mom. So you have that understanding of how hard it is. You have to continuously give, you know, what, what are some ways or thought processes that you can help with that? Because uh, it's a, it's an honest job, man. I tell you what, it's hard. Yeah. And it's funny because like at this point in my life, I'm just like, well, it is what it is. Right. Like, and when people are like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, there isn't an option. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in my mind, like, well, like everything else, you just have to like, you just do it because it it, it is, it is <laughs> right. Like, but that is not to say it is a perfect process because there are days where I melt down and I'm like, I am tired of doing all this shit. <laughs> like it's too much. And, you know, there's been a few of those in the last couple of weeks of being like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. And, you know, a, a child who didn't ask to be in this situation. So when she wants to play and I'm looking at a sink full of dishes and all kinds of stuff that needs to be done and work that can be done on the computer. And I have to look at her and be like, well, like, ain't nobody else here but me, man. How's this all going to get done? <laughs> It all has to get done. How is it going to get done? But when the way that I, and and the boundaries have helped me more than I thought, because I did not think that I had the ability to feel like I had a full cup um, for a long time. And saying no 
and not doing things outside of my relationship with myself and my daughter has helped me so much because I get to keep what's important, important. And that is a perspective shift um, that I think is, is really difficult to achieve. And like, I, there are people out there that have it worse than me. And I know it, I have one kid. If I had three, I do not know what I would do right now. I mean, I'd do it right. Like, just like anybody who's listening did it, but the perspective shift of why you're doing it, looking at where your rewards are actually coming from. Like my daughter is the one who provides a lot of my because of who she is, because she is on this earth, you know? So when I wake up in the morning and I see her already, I'm filling my cup because I'm happy that I have her. And that is a choice to allow that to be part of my cup fill, right? Like I could also look at her and be like, oh no, all the things I have to do. And that is also a choice, you know? So I try to choose more of the gratitude side because the gratitude will help me feel like things are, are more even than then if I look at it with my 3D eyeballs, it is. So there's there's some of that, like learning how to like have community <laughs> and accept help. That's part of it. That's part of everything that we have. We, we are trying to shift in the quote unquote new age spirituality of being able to go back to what community was like and step away from fierce independence as a, as a power trip, as, as, as something that means something about strength, you know? And so that's been part of it too, of being able to be like, well, you don't, you, you, when you choose to do it alone, you are choosing to do it alone. If you don't ask for certain help, or if you don't ask for certain input, or if you don't even ask for bandwidth from somebody to make you laugh or to be connected with, then, then, you've got to change those things. You've got to be able to do, to do things differently. And, you know, I had to let go of the workaholic type deal of like, well, every second that I'm not playing with her, I better be working. <laughs> I was spinning my wheels. Right. And I know a lot of single moms. I know because you're panicked about money. I know, <laughs> trust me, but what, whatever happened with all those hours, same result, all those hours didn't make me rich. All those hours did was maintain. I, I have the same, I have the same amount of clients now as I did when I was working every night until midnight. Didn't do anything for me. So there's a lot of perspective shift that I think we have that we have to do in order to allow our cups to be full and really looking into what we think it means to have a full cup. Because I think when we examine it, we're going to find a lot of programming stuff. Like, well, having a full cup means plenty of time to do this and plenty of money to do this and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when you go deeper, there's safety in there. There's joy in there. There's freedom in there, you know, and those things can be achieved in many, many different ways. And you can feel great. That's why you'll see people who live in a van, loving their lives, full, full cup, because they've understood what fills their cup and they went and did it. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And it's now is a good time to pause and to say, you know, Hey, are you struggling to fill your cup? Do you not know what that cup is? Do you need help and perspective or just help? I encourage you to connect with Miss Vanessa. She can help you examine where your boundaries maybe are flaccid. <laughs> maybe they're non-existent and to help reevaluate ways that you can kind of 
plug the holes in your cup so that it can be full from time to time, even though, you know, it's a constant process. You can reach her at vanessaperry.net. You can also reach her at vanessaperrycounselor at gmail.com. And of course, through the Freud's Angels platform, we can always reach one of us. Um, she's really great at helping guide and helping highlight places where you need help. Maybe, maybe you just need help in understanding, and maybe you do feel you're taken advantage of and need some perspective. Just reach out to her. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, is the part where he, in that reel, he talks about when guys are like, well, yeah, well, I'm always nice and nobody likes me. I want to talk about the agenda behind being the nice guy. Okay. And I think this is important because I think I hear it so much that I get really tired of hearing it. Um, And it's not to say that that person, guys, I understand you're trying to be nice because that's what you feel attracts a woman. Yeah, you are correct. It niceness, kindness, does but when you come at being nice with an agenda to attract a female and not because that's an inherent value in your heart is just kindness you're not kind you're not nice because you're coming with an expectation that if you're kind to me or to whomever i am going to reciprocate that kindness and wanting to be with you or wanting to whatever it is you're seeking, you know, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. When, when you're talking about kindness and being the nice guy, the nice guy isn't about always about flowers and candy and I'm showing up and I take her out to dinner and I give her this and I give her that and I, whatever, maybe that is for someone's love language. Kindness is taking the time to understand who the human is that you're trying to date. Kindness is about allowing them space and a space of safety to be themselves, to discover they can be themselves. And if you being kind and having an expectation is not a space of safety, it's not a space of allowing the person to unfold in front of you to know who they are. That's kindness. Kindness is seeing that, oh my gosh, she really likes it when we spend time together. She doesn't need flowers or candy. She likes time. Her love language is maybe time and service. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's easy. Netflix and chill every Friday night, we're in it, you know, or even during the week, like having time together, doing simple things, but you kindness comes from the wanting to know the person at a deep level, emotionally and mentally. So your, your level of kindness is taking a canned idea of what you think is kind and throwing it at a person, expecting them to be reciprocal in your feelings. That's not kindness, guys. It's not. It really isn't. It's manipulation. It is manipulation. Your reward for kindness is joy for giving. That's it, right? Like, and that's what he was getting at is like, Oh my gosh. Like I, my expectation of giving should just be that I'm glad I gave and now we're even right. Like that's it. I don't have to expect other people to do something. Then I have an agenda. And that is like, 
People don't like to hear that. The agenda word and the manipulation word, people don't like to hear. When I tell people about people pleasing and I'm like, oh yeah, I was manipulating situations to make them safe for me. They're like, you manipulated? Yeah, I did. We all do. Like, because, and it's not all negative narcissistic manipulation. Some of it, we're doing it for safety. Some of it, we're doing it because we're programmed, but I'm so glad you brought this up because (laughs) if I hear one more time of like, nice guys finish last, I'm like, what race are you putting yourself in that you feel like there's some sort of prize to be won that, that validates your niceness? Because that means you've got a whole host of things that you think you deserve from being kind. And holy shit, (laughs) my God. If you think about it, it's a huge red flag because if you're coming at this situation with an agenda to fix or manipulate someone's feelings about you through your acts of whatever, Uh that's, that's no better than the dude that's honest that he's an asshole. That's so true. If I know he's an asshole, I can make an honest choice. You don't need to show up with, you know, being kind and thoughtful is one thing, but doing it without this expectation of, well, I took you to dinner, I brought you flowers, therefore I should I should get this and I should get that. That is not fucking honest. That is not being kind. <laughs> it's not... No. no. And nice guys finish and last I mean... is a statement of you trying to say i need an excuse to be myself if you think about it (laughs) everybody missed the eyebrow raise but i saw it and it was amazing (laughs) it's so good when you are trying you're using the excuse that nice guys finish last therefore i'm going to be an asshole guess what you get that person to begin with yeah. If you need yeah. a reason to be who you are and to say, I'm not being nice anymore, then guess what? You were never nice to begin with. And it's not oh. to say, it's not to say that inherently you aren't good people. I, I, I get, there are some of you who just don't know what to do, who have never been taught how to have an intimate relationship with another human. I'm not discounting that. But I really want you to check yourself when you're saying, you know, well, I'm a kind person. No, no, let's rewind that. You tried to act on things that you thought would get you, the person to date you, love you, have sex with you, whatever it is you were doing with that person. If you were to just stop and listen and to take time out and be interested in who that person is doesn't mean you need to do everything. It just means you need to listen. You need to be present. Most of the time, we will tell you what we need. Not well, six seventy-five percent of the time, we'll tell you what we need because sometimes we don't trust you because we've had nice guys that quote unquote nice guys, and they're not nice. And they've been yelling at us because we we didn't give them what they wanted because they gave us what they thought we wanted. So uh-huh. <laughs> let's take a breath collectively. And if you think about dating someone and you're like, I really like this person, be interested in the person. And if you're not interested in who they are, then really all you want is sex and a booty call. And you're only looking at this person superficially. 
that could be or whatever scary. else. I mean, some people are looking for what they can do, what they can provide, if they can cook, if they can, I mean, yeah. there's many, many different reasons why people are, are in these manipulative spaces because they, whatever they lack, they look for, yeah. right. Whatever, whatever they need to complete the, 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 the puzzle, yeah. they're going to go try to find, right. Yeah. Like in some, in some of these people of, you know, being like, Hey, if you're not genuinely here, if, if your kindness, if your gift of kindness doesn't come with joy and then joy, it fulfills you, then you really have to think about what that is. The kindness in a relationship of like what you're saying of, of, um, you know, trying to understand somebody or, you know, when you do give, you give because it makes you happy to make them happy. And that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I get it because I've been in those spaces too, where, like I just described before, I am doing that, but then I'll get a negative repercussion at some point. And then I'll lose it. Cause I'll be like, I have been trying, like, I, like I haven't been unkind to you. I don't deserve this. Right. And that's the difference, right? Like we, we, we absolutely should speak up when we don't deserve the negativity that comes at us a hundred percent and being able to be like, this reciprocation does not make sense. Right. Like if I was an asshole to you, feel free to be an asshole to me. But if I have been kind to you out of because I like being kind and because I love doing those things, do not come at me negatively because I'm not going to accept that. And I am going to let you know. Right. And those I've had those conversations like, no, 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 mm -mm. no, this isn't this isn't we're, we're not doing this because I've I have been putting putting out good vibes because I want to, because I like that because it, it is who I am. I don't get, I don't take these in return. I don't, you know, and that's, I mean, that that's hard because it does feel like it's like, well, I was nice to you. You should be nice to me. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, a little bit, you know, like a little bit, right. You should just at least not be unkind. <laughs> you can totally be neutral because I'm not giving to get, but I'm definitely not going to receive negative. Right. And that sometimes is a fine line that we walk, walk, sometimes it's hard. But there was one thing that you said that I, I I was just like, oh my God, somebody said to me once, great people don't have to tell you they're great. You just know. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, like it blew my mind. And nice people don't have to tell you they're nice because yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. So when somebody says, well, I'm nice. It's like that red flag of like, well, what, what do you think that that gets you? Right. Because mother Teresa didn't walk around saying that she was the kindest person on earth. We just knew <laughs> she didn't Her have to tell action. everybody she was great. Yeah. You know, like Michael Jordan, <laughs> the greatest basketball player of all time, went on the court and showed his greatness and walked off the court and was a human being, right? Like there, the, the need to say that you are something is coming from a place of not a non-pure place is all you know it's there's many different reasons why that can come in there but it is not pure of that thing that you're talking about so when you feel like you have to explain that you're nice right you have to say well I've been nice and none of these women want to want to date me like okay that can be true mm -hmm. who are you trying to date right why are you like what are the nice things that you're trying to do because you can be nice to somebody who is on your vibration and you're going to have a different experience. Yeah. There's, there are those things that happen, but when you're adamant <laughs> that I've been super nice and I got nothing in return, it's like, okay, 
then you're in a, you're in a different you're you're not in the non-understanding place you're in the manipulative place yeah yeah and you know and if you do have a tendency to feel like i'm a nice guy and no one really kind of you know they kind of take advantage of me and they kind of not i don't feel that they have respect for me then then take a look at at your ability to read cues like where are your boundaries if you feel you know you're nice and that I'm, I'm really i'm not doing things because i want them to be a certain way or do a certain thing but i thought this is what nice people do and i'm not sure what's happening and then then where's your boundaries and where are you at with understanding how to have a relationship with another human you know that's a big that's a you know thousand dollar question but it's it may seem that you're either up against women who are manipulative. I'm not saying we're any better on the other end of that spectrum. I'm not at all. Cause we, there's a lot of women out there who I'm just like, Oh, you need just, oh. I'm a good woman. Like, how many, how many, how many calls do you have in a week? And how many yeah. different people? It's like, yeah. right. Not well, to say that that's a bad thing, like, but we truly have been there, right? Like I have been there where I vocalized it differently of like, wow, people seem to come into these relationships. Cause listen, y'all, my relationships have been this way of being like, well, how the, f- how does this keep happening? Right? <laughs> like, it's real easy to think that I can put it on them, but I know that a lot of it has to go on me because my magnet is attracting them to me. My lack of boundaries is keeping them there. And my non-understanding of myself sometimes and what I'm giving for, right? Like if I'm entering as a people pleaser or if I'm entering as a kind person, I'm going to get two different things most likely. You know, that's deep inner work that we have to do. And it's way deeper than the level of, I'm nice and it never gets me anywhere. Yeah. You know, friends, let me, let me share a story. Cause you know, I love stories. Um, back way back when, when I was doing some multi-generational healing, I think it was through LPD. Um, the first time I took it, I always had men in my life who could never emotionally connect with me. Like I never, I connected to them emotionally, but that wasn't just my needy self. And then like, I always kept trying to make them emote to talk to me about their feelings. I like, I push and push and push and I get so mad and so angry. And I was doing some multi-generational healing. And then I realized that a long time ago, my grandfather, I moved away from New Hampshire for a year to live with my dad in Maryland in Baltimore. And my grandfather was so heartbroken that he really didn't talk to me from then on, even when I moved back, like very short conversations, not really connecting the way we got connected when I was a little girl, you know, really felt like our relationship was broken. And I spent years trying to, you know, fix it, heal it, get him to tell me how he was feeling, whatever. Um, and I, and then I realized through this, through this healing that, I've been trying to heal the relationship with my grandfather, with every man that I met. And I was like, holy shit. 
I'm like, no wonder why I have, I date the same person over and over and over again, emotionally unavailable, emotionally unavailable, emotionally unavailable. Even my friends, my male friends were emotionally unavailable. So it was like, once I kind of come to that understanding, I think I called a few of them and I'm like, I no longer need you to emote for me. You can do it and be whoever you are. I don't need you to do that for me. And it was like this mat, like this huge release. Like I felt that energetically from like my heart, like, oh, like I was trying so hard and, 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 and understanding that I don't need to do that in order to heal the relationship with my grandfather, that it gave me that sense of, oh, okay. I no longer need to attract these people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it, because it was me that was attracting them because of my need and what I needed energetically. So there's a big, there's a big proponent to being and checking where your magnet is. I love you. You know, your attraction factor, like what, where is it at? What signals are you sending out to the world to attract a mate and, and how, you know, and what is it saying? Even though you think you know what it's saying, what is it really saying? (laughs) Yeah. And what parts are missing? Cause those are usually like the big ones. Right. Like when, when I sit down with somebody who's tired of their relationships and I'm like, well, well, tell me what it is that you really want. What's your ideal relationship? Uh, <laughs> like we have found the problem yes. <laughs> right? Like right now, because lots of people have an idea and it's usually maybe the opposite of something, right? Like something that they saw that was negative. They just say they want the opposite of it, but you don't recognize the opposite of it because you've never seen the opposite of it. You've never watched it in action. You've never felt it. So it is too big of a jump for you to just go over there. You're you're not attracting that because that's not familiar to you. You haven't connected to the feeling of that. You you don't know what that looks like in a person. You don't know how to look for that green flag, you know, that says that they are this type of person. And man, that that can real that that's a major part of the magnet, right? Like if you've been, if you watched your parents just kind of exist in a relationship and it worked. And you said, well, my childhood wasn't bad. You're, you now have an idea that a relationship can just work. Yeah. So it's okay. So we don't go looking for blissful love because that's, that's a fairy tale. Yeah. I had a great life, you know, and, and so then, then getting upset, like, I don't feel any passion or people, you know, I, I just keep dating these people who are just kind of like, yeah. well, yeah, because your magnet is saying that blah is fine as long as it's Okay. As long as it's somebody who doesn't fight with me, we're going to be good. Yep. You know, like yeah. shit, that's not good enough. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people's, people's wish lists are like, I just want somebody who could pay their own bills. That's not right. Yeah. You know, that's right. like, like an, okay. That. Right. I understand so the need for that. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> like, could you elaborate a little bit? <laughs> so, uh-huh. Right. So when you're else? a nice guy or a nice girl, you know, you have to have that conversation with yourself too, right? Like of, well, who am I attracting with my niceness and who am I letting in here? And what am I, what, what parts am I missing? If I'm get if I'm not getting what I want, and this is anything in this world, if I'm not getting what I want, then I need to sit down and know if I'm clear on what I want, where am I operating from? Am I operating from uh, what I don't want? Because that's not, that's not good enough. You know, am I operating from what I think I want, but I don't really know what it's like, then it's unclear and I'm not going to be able to get enough into there. I need to be in a space that I can get into 
you know, and that's where, you know, a lot of, a lot of inner work brings you there, you know, and it is sometimes bit by bit. Sometimes it takes a while to get from as long as they don't fight with me (laughs) to this is how they share their emotions. This is how I know that they're sharing their emotions. This is how I know that they're not withholding that trip does sometimes be a really long one, but it is a worthy (laughs) one. (laughs) Yes, it is. And you know, I, relationships are not easy friends. They're not. I mean, we should definitely do another relationship one. Yep. I'm thinking, wow, well, we need to elaborate more on this. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's let, you know, kind of let's, let's repivot back to kindness. Kindness comes from the desire and the love of beings, of sentient beings. It's, it's kindness comes from that state of, and it's not love as in, I love you. It's a love as in, you're a human. I see you as a human and I, I want to be kind. But we ultimately are responsible for being self-regulating. If you're if you're a people pleaser and an overgiver, we need to look at those boundaries. Look at where you're and and figure out what it is you're seeking from the kindness. Like what what are you getting from it other than a good feeling and a dopamine rush that is, you know that is great but what what are you seeking from being kind not to say that your heart isn't kind but there's an energetic exchange that that comes missing because of an expectation and i think really we need that's that's where you start mm-hmm. um that's yeah. where we had to start when we, you know, we became, we wanted to reform ourselves, we had to start somewhere different. And it's hard, right? Like somebody, I was having a conversation with somebody who, um, I can't remember the whole thing, but it was definitely about like somebody coming at them or whatever. And it was like, I don't deserve that. And, you know, my thought on it was, well, what was your participation part? And I got, I got told that I was victim blaming. (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) And all I could think of was I've been there, right? Like, and I had enough compassion to be able to be like, that's not what I'm doing. But if that's what you think that's happening, then we don't need to have this conversation. But I have been there, right? Like, because the difference between somebody taking advantage of of me on purpose supposedly makes me a victim, right? So if I've been in a relationship with a narcissist, um, he's at fault, right? For being a narcissist bastard, right? I shouldn't be victim blaming myself and calling myself a people pleaser because it's not my fault that he's bad people don't like to hear that we have a part in it that there's no one person has a fault but we have a part in every single thing that ever happens in our lives and it is not victim blaming to go look for clues of how to change situations or how to make them not happen again Yes. Do terrible things happen? Absolutely. This is outside of that scope. I'm talking like, you know, this minute type, you know, bad relationship type things, but that's where our strength comes in. Anybody who's been in a negative or an abusive relationship knows that once you stop being the victim, you are no longer the victim. And that means that you have the power. That means that they don't have the power that you think that they do. It is not all their fault. 
their actions are theirs. My actions are mine. And my action is to not participate anymore. We are responsible for ourselves. Ultimately, it's what it comes down to. Always. Our actions, reactions, or non-action is our choice. It's a choice. So when you go about your day-to-day and you're thinking, you know, about kindness and kind of riffing off of what we're saying and what we're feeling, look at where you're at with your kindness. Do you see sentient beings? Do you see like, you know, like Ram Dass's favorite quote was, you know, look, everybody's just God in drag. Like, do you see that in people? I swear, friends, energetically, it's so hard sometimes to heal because we have to face ourselves. We have to look at our actions and where what we're doing. And when we take on that task, when we get to that point where we can see love in everybody, it, it we can see everybody as human, everybody as having their own set of struggles or their own life, whatever it is, it's you begin to have love for the world as a whole. And I'm talking about even the people we love to hate, you know, they're humans, crappy humans, but they're human. And, you know, but beginning to see that human in everybody, it also helps you see the human in you. And that's where true healing takes place. That's, that's when we begin. That's kind of when that sense of self-acceptance and understanding the self and understanding our motive. That's where we can have compassion and we could say, Oh, I so get why you're this way. I, I so understand why I just give and give and give. And I don't feel like I'm getting back. It's because I don't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I haven't had boundaries. I'm not self-regulating. I give until I'm empty and I'm exhausted, but I need to stop before that happens so that I have enough for me. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. That's how we, learn and become self-regulating, but we must kind of, I think sometimes just have kindness in our hearts, regardless of who or what the other person is. And even just having kindness in our hearts is enough. Yeah. It's a good vibration to be in. Yeah. This is, it's energetically taking care of you and making sure your space is cleansed and yours space is not infiltrated with this sense of disappointment or anger excuse me, sorry, or any type of way. It's, it's, it's a good way of keeping, it's like, it's like the attitude of gratitude. You know what I mean? It's, it's kindness and gratitude and love and acceptance is all just, it's of a similar vibration, just on different levels. And, you know, when you can really access that and find that within yourself and sometimes, you know, you need help and that's okay too. Um, And, you know, that's, That's why you seek healers like me, like Vanessa, like whomever you seek us because we get to help. We hold the space for you to discover that for yourself and to feel it. I mean, I've not, I've had so many sessions with people just saying for, for an hour, I felt like I could let everything go. It didn't matter. What mattered is that spirit loved me and that I felt that pure love and I could feel healing and accept it for an hour because it felt so good to be at the core essence of who I am versus all the masks that I wear 
because I feel unsafe in the world. Mm -hmm. And I want to let everybody know, as you were talking, I thought kindness isn't an action. Kindness isn't an action. Kindness isn't an action. All I could think about was the idea that we, we think that it's an, that it, that kindness is an action, but the kindness of heart is where it's at because it is a vibration. It is an energy. It is not an action. Doing things for people is the act of being, of, of doing a kind thing. Kindness is in our heart of wanting good for people, wanting, you know, good for ourselves, wanting love, wanting, you know, just it, 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 it's, it, it's an inner thing. And what you just said about the healings, I want to highlight that because that was part of it was being like, like to experience kindness on that level helps you understand it. And I think that that is really something that if, if you're listening right now and you're like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like I've felt kindness before. It, it is a whole other level. If you've never had an energy healing, it is a whole other level of feeling like, wow, my existence is just the only requisite for this feeling <laughs> that I am here. Just because I showed up. <laughs> exactly. So if you're interested in the idea of that, or if you'd like to maybe experience it, dip your toe in the pond, I really, really think that you should contact Grace. You can go to her website at graceevergreen.com or you can send her an email at grace.evergreen. Grace Evergreen at outlook.com. Grace Evergreen at Outlook. One day I'm going to get it. <laughs> so that you can literally sit in there. And I, and I hope, I hope if you do this after this podcast, really hope that you'll come out of it being like, damn it, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't describe it, but it, it is like a feeling of kindness and existence and light and for that moment of time yeah that everything was just suspended and and you were one with all of these beautiful things that we were meant to be here for um and yes then you go back into the real world but you go differently you just do (laughs) once your vibration is shifted it's it's hard to go back to a lower vibration once we shift into that space we connect with spirit and it's love for us it's really hard to close to to shut that off and to go back to what it was. Um, And that's, and you know, but that, then again, that comes with the ideas and the realizations that we need to maintain it and to, to stay into that idea of kindness. Um, Yeah. I reach out to us. If you have any questions, if you need us, if you're curious about how to do stuff, we're all, we're here to help both together and in our own capacities as healers, spiritual intuitives, and we're here for that. We're here to help you, not just in the podcast, but outside of it as well. Um, thanks, especially to Gary V for sparking this idea and this conversation. We appreciate you. We appreciate you spreading the word that aligns with our hearts. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, yes. welcome back. Yes, <laughs> to our hearts. <laughs> And I'm sure he was doing it long before we rediscovered, but I was like so happy. I've I've never been so connected to an individual like I am with him because he's now, it's like hard intelligence. Like that's where he's at. And I'm like, yes. You bet. bet. (laughs) Lots of people are watching and that's, you know, that's why he's doing 
And I'm well, so grateful. Get anything from that. It has nothing to do with his business. No. Nothing. None of this stuff has anything to do with his business. He's just trying to spread love. And I love that. Yep. 100%. Thanks guys for listening with us today and just hanging out. Um, if you have any questions or if you have a request for a podcast, maybe there's something we haven't riffed on yet. You need it. You just let us know. We'll see if we can't create a podcast out of it. Um, you know, we'll do a live again soon. We just did one for um, Halloween, probably maybe sometime mid-December. We'll do another live for the holidays. Um, yes. Remember, so this next week, so this podcast is coming out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I am going to link in the description, on uh, both on Instagram and on um What's it called? Facebook, Facebook. Meta, whatever. Um, the Meta Network. I'm going to link to some of our previous podcasts about how to navigate family and Christmas time and holidays or Thanksgiving. Like it's, we, there's still struggle, but I really feel that they are still, the information there is still holds true. I feel that um, it may help navigate through some difficult times um, I'm, I'm, I too am, am expecting a family member for Thanksgiving. So it's going to be interesting, but again, I have all the tools at hand that we've been teaching you guys. Uh, but yeah, go check them out. I'll try to link them somehow, or I may even just reshare them, um, with the, uh, with the links to them on when it comes closer to Thanksgiving, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of a support. And uh, if you need support post-holiday or you need support just pre-holiday, let us know. We're here for that too. You betcha. We got your back. So we love you and we'll see you next week. Okay. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. More deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.